Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Uh, first of all, I want to start with two things. English is not my first language, so thank you for your patience with my English. And second, I'm not a professional speaker. Like you, I work with athletes, so I'm gonna do my best to just share some experiences and ideas that I have. So having said that, thank you to the organization to still invite me to talk here, knowing those two things. Um, okay, so I'm kind of nervous. Uh, okay, so I'm going to talk about performance today. Usually in, a, in another conference summit, uh, I would talk about, I don't know, physiological mechanisms of fatigue and then uh, recovery strategies or technology or physiology, strength, many other things. But today they allow me to talk about whatever I wanted uh, related to performance. And I'm, I'm not an expert in other things, but I think I'm, I'm an expert in performance, overall performance. My last jobs has been as a performance director, which to me means uh, being able to put together a lot of pieces. Um, so I'm gonna talk about performance. It's not a technical talk, so you can relax uh, and start taking notes the next talk. So just uh, my experiences and, and some ideas. Then another thing that I wanted to do today is usually we talk about things for our athletes or when I'm in your position, people talk about things that is gonna help us on Monday with our athletes. Hopefully you take one or two things that you can use, but I want, I would like you to think about this for you too, uh, because we need to perform too to be the best professionals that we can for our athletes. So I'm gonna put some like ideas that it's for us too. And the first one is uh, how you prepare yourself to perform. How we prepare ourselves for a major event, an international talk, a job position. And there are some ideas like, okay, how, how we are, how we work to be the best version of ourselves. And I think after 20 years working on this, it has to be a lifestyle. It's little things that we do every day that prepare us to be successful in that event or that job application or that sport event if we participate. So if we do that with us, that's what I think we we have to do with our athletes. It's not about the hour that we have them in the weight room or the hour that we have them in the cold tub. It's all the little things that we do that become their lifestyle. So uh, that's the main idea of the talk. Uh, today I wanted to, to talk about performance and then <clears throat> two weeks ago, as he said, we just won the Euro, Eurobasket, the European Championship. And it's, I don't know how we did it because we had this group of players, let me introduce you to my players, which you probably don't know any of them. And that was the, the beauty of winning this competition because in the competition there were teams like Greece, Lithuania, uh, Serbia. Even if you don't know anything about basketball, we had Yanis Antetokounmpo, Luka Doncic, Djokic, uh, Gobert, like those big teams. We were not supposed to win the gold medal, the, the gold medal and we did. And um, I think it's a brilliant example uh, for a day that we talk about performance because I think we did it because what just, I just said, little things uh, that has a preparation that it, does, it didn't start August 1st, it started years ago. 
um, how we prepare these young kids for an event like this summer. And we had this guy, Rudy. He, is, he competed in his first Olympics in 2004. Uh, so he's 37 years old. He had all the injuries in the world, the wrist, the quad, the knee. Uh, he has won everything. Olympics, world championships, European championships, and he came with the passion like a kid. So what he brought to the team wasn't the skills, which obviously he did, but he played like five minutes per game because he couldn't play more. And when you have a team, and you probably work with teams or athletes, I'm a team sport person, so most of the times I refer to team sports, uh, you always need somebody like this, a leader in the locker, uh, somebody that is pushing, that the young guys see him training, suffering with pain, and he still, he still shows up. So this, this was, he was a key piece for us from a mental leadership perspective and was key for our uh, success. Then we have this kid. He didn't make the first cut. He came and... First week, he wasn't home. Um, he was not good enough, apparently, for the, for the team. And then one of the major guys got an injury one week before we had to go to, to the, um, uh, Berlin to the to competition, and we have to get him back. And I can tell you that we were in the finals because of his contribution in defense. He played five minutes, like five, 10, 15 minutes defense and allow us to, like, you know, um, the other superstars couldn't, couldn't believe it. Like, oh my gosh, this guy's on me all the time. So another little thing that helped us to, to get uh, where we got. Um, so I started with this because what makes a team successful? Little things, details, people, and obviously the stuff. So I'm very proud of what we achieve because we, we against all the odds, we, we had a bit of luck for sure, but I'm gonna talk about things that we did that I think contribute for success. And the first thing is the context. Um, you probably work in a team or an organization, um, and I've worked in big time organizations. The Spanish Basketball Federation, absolutely fantastic organization, but previous to that, the 76ers, NBA, very good reputation, very tech uh, organization. And before that, the San Antonio Spurs, one of the top organizations in the world from a cultural perspective. So what I've learned, uh, and I want to share this with you, is the culture of the organization is key. Everybody, when we, nobody thought we could win the championship two weeks ago, but everybody knew that Spain basketball has a competition DNA. Uh, it doesn't matter the old guys, young guys, renovations. So we have an atmosphere in our, in our organization that the moment you start practice, you are tense because you are supposed to compete at your best. And the same with the Spurs and the same with the 76ers. So looking back is, okay, wherever I, I'm going to work, I want to make sure or that I understand the culture and with what that culture is. Uh, so to me, very important to be successful, to understand the culture of the organization. And obviously the culture of the sport. Uh, I've been in basketball for 15 years. I've never played basketball. 
Uh, so one of the things that you have to do is, you know, understand the camaraderie between the players, how coaches are, the language. Um, I don't know if you've been all your career in the same sport, but I had to change several times. And one of the first things that I think is important to do is talk to people, see, hear, uh, be more like in an observation position. And once you understand where you are at, then you can start putting, um, you know, what you think you can bring to the table. And obviously people. Uh, I have to hire people in those organizations, and I think having the right people is key. And it doesn't mean that everybody has to be friends and everything is easy. It's not. Uh, there are egos, uh, selfish people, people that want to be friends with the players. But besides that, we, we had in those organizations something that kept us together for the working towards the same goal. So people and the skills are important. You are here because you want to learn and be better. But also us as a person, our personality, I think, is uh, key. Being able to adapt and working with people that you probably wouldn't like to work with, but still doing it at a high level, I think is super important too. And then I'm a sports scientist. Um, I did my PhD years ago. so I. The method that my philosophy is still evidence-based, using science as a background. Uh, so you can have all those components, like more subjective, personal um, components. But still, my philosophy is always, OK, let's do things the right way, uh, based on something. Probably most of you, depending on where you are in your career, you have found out that what science says is great, but it doesn't always work at, in high level of sports or pro sports. So how do you navigate when you want to apply things that, okay, this sounds like perfect, but it's super hard to apply in my team. And that's something that it's my reality every day. Uh, maybe <clears throat> cryotherapy is great, but you have, or uh, cold tabs are great, but we have players that they're absolutely not going to do it. So how you manage those things. But still, I think uh, having a philosophy, evidence-based, and the scientific model as a, as a framework, it's something that it's in my, in my DNA. And then I think it's important in, when talking about the context that we have these players, unique players, uh, like high pro athletes, and there are a lot of people and more and more staff around the players. And the more people you work with, the more challenging is to understand your role, be respectful with other people and their job, and work together, what I just said. Um, so I like this picture because for me it's, okay, as far as we, ha as far as we know, we, all of us, we work towards one goal, and we know which piece of the puzzle we are important for, uh, we, we have a great chance to, to work together and be successful. So teams and staffs are key. I'm going to focus now more on the individuals rather than team success. And again, I love this picture because it's one thing that I learned when I went to the MBA, because I was working in Spain, elite athletes, good athletes, perfect. But when I got to the States, the NBA, you 
I realized, okay, I have these absolutely expensive uh, athletes that I have to work with. That's what I like this, this picture because we have these players, uh, so expensive players, and we still sometimes put ourselves in the center of something. And we are never, even if we are the director or the GM or whoever leading the organization, to me always is about the players. And I try to keep that in mind because there are times when we get frustrated that we tend to go to what this is happening to me, why he's not listening to me, why, and okay, we have to go back to they are the stars. It doesn't matter my uh, curriculum or that I've worked in the NBA or I just won a championship, it's about them. So I try to remind that it's about them. Another kind of mantra that I have uh, is there are three things that I try to take care of my individuals, my athletes. It's performance, for sure, but also health and well-being. And I think the latest two, it's becoming more and more and more important. Because to be honest, make somebody stronger and faster, I think is pretty easy for us. What is hard is to make somebody being happy doing what they're doing when they're not getting the results, um, and the mental, the mental uh, aspect of the game, it's becoming more and more important. Uh, I'm sure you're aware of this, but again, sometimes these slides are for me too. That's what I said. I hope it helps you, not only your athletes, keeping in mind that performance, health, and well-being. And this is related with this. Performance is more than the sum of its parts. For sure, when we have an athlete, we have to work uh, the skills, tactics, IQ, cognitive performance, strength, biomechanics, running technique, all the things that probably we are good at. Um, but also, I think performance is becoming more and more, we know it's multifactorial, but the more we know about other things, the more we realize this might be important for performance. So it's, it's absolutely necessary to know how to make somebody stronger, but how the gut and the health of the gut is affecting him. There, the last five years, the research in gut um, has been exponential, and it's related to immune system, uh, tissues damage, uh, mood. So I think we have to be open-minded and curious. Curiosity is one of my drivers. Uh, what is going to become the next thing we have to learn about to help our players to be better. So things like breathing or uh, microbiota uh, is something that I'm really interested in now. And then for sure, the, that part of well-being and health. Um, okay, we are the strength coaches or whatever you do with, with your athletes, but I think it's important to get that connection and somebody in the staff needs to know how is he doing with the family, the girlfriend, the boyfriend, the environment, at home, can he pay the bills? It's uh, expending too much money. The context of the personal life and the environment. And I think it's important for us also to know, be aware of knowledge. Um, we know what we know and probably you guys know a lot, but I, I like to keep in mind and remind me, we know what we know today and there are things that we still don't know. 
like for example, how breathing can affect mood. I didn't know about this five years ago. So be open-minded and curious and aware of what we know and what we don't know yet. And then the personality of the guys. Um, everybody's different, everybody has different needs, so this is something that I also keep really um, in mind when I deal with athletes, especially the higher you go, meaning the, the higher the level of the athletes, this becomes more and more important because they want to feel, everybody likes to feel special. Uh, the rookie and the millionaire superstar, so how are you gonna approach them? That's something that, uh, working on that, is, I think is important too. Um, and then we, I, I've read this many, many times, like, uh, in books, in singing conference. Competition or, or sports is about training, compete, rest and repeat. And this is uh, kind of like my roadmap for how do we, the first slide, how do we prepare for an important event when this is your lifestyle? So training, this is where probably we are more important in athletes' life, it's the training. Uh, unless you are the head coach of something, everybody else I think were important in the first phase, the training phase. And when you want to go to a major competition, when you, when you want to be successful in something, when you have a goal, okay, it's, it's easy to have a dream. But to me, the most important thing is to be aware where you are today. Before you start a journey, you need to know where you are at. Um, so the starting point, it's, it's key for me. Do I want to lose three, three kilos? Okay, where I'm at today. And then you work on, okay, how I'm gonna get there. So super important where you are at, realistically uh, assess uh, where you are, and then work on how we are gonna get there. And there, in that journey, is where we are key. Help the athletes to understand your starting point is this one. If you want to get here, you're gonna have to do all these little things or big things. Um, and then, I steal this from the Sixers because it's a mantra for them, trust the process. Uh, and it's true, when we hear about, okay, you have to get the buying of the athletes. This is, the, this is that moment. Uh, but to me, it helps to talk to them like, you're here, if we want to get there, you're gonna have to do all those things. Uh, let's trust the process. Uh, another thing that I think is important in the training phase, uh, is the stress. When stress is associated to me to a, like something negative, stress is bad, we want to avoid the stress, but when it's deliberate, is key for us. We need to stress the body and the mind to make, to make them improve. It works like this, it's, we are organisms and we need stress to pass that and get better. So this is a typical, um, a slide, uh, I think it's from Impelizay. But the idea is we need to reflect on how we're gonna stress the player with the loads, with the programming, the sessions, the recovery. Now it's becoming more and more uh, trendy because there is more information how delivered exposure to cold or delivered exposure to heat uh, stress the body, but also the mind. 
so there are techniques, techniques that can work for both. So this is something that I really like and I'm, I'm, I try to learn every day because there is coming more and more information. But the idea is the stress, the part of the stress of the training. Super, we, we are key on that uh, phase. And then I know you know this, but I'm so surprised uh, that still we are very far from this. I was, again, in Berlin, uh, European Championship. We were 16 teams, top elite, top teams in, in Europe. Um, 15 guys in the roster is not crazy. Basketball, we are lucky. We don't have like 25 or 30, or if you work in football or rugby. Or rugby. And there is still one strength coach per team and everybody doing the same because we don't have time. So if there are people here leading organizations, we need people, we need to invest in people because to be able to provide the best service to our players, we need individualization. And that requires time and quality, um, quality time and quality thinking. So everybody responds differently to the same load. Uh, here, I'm sure you're gonna have talks about lifting and strength training and exercises to improve acceleration, but that load, that stimulus, that stress is gonna affect different the 15 or 20 guys that you have in front of you. So I know it requires time, I know it's more work, but to me, I've realized how important it is to have programs individualized. Um, I know you've heard about this, but to be honest, I don't think I think we are far from that yet. Unless you are very lucky and in a super good organization, uh, but still we need more individualization. So that, this is something that I try to keep in mind too. And then attention to the details. Um, I had I had the pleasure to participate in Martin's Bouchet podcast a few weeks ago, and he was keep asking me, but why we have gone from like sports science, GPS, technology, all the metrics, high speed, accelerations, diesels per minute, like all these things. And now we are going towards the opposite, like, okay, this is not that important. Players doesn't care, nobody cares. And we have like two sides, you know, like people very, very like made, makes all the decisions based on GPS data and people that doesn't even have the GPS data. And he kept asking me, what do you think about paying attention to the details? And my answer was, I think details are key. Like it's super important to pay attention to the details, but maybe we are focusing on not the most important details for that player. So again, if you keep in mind, the whole talk is about this, if you keep in mind players at the center and we have to do the best programs for that player, maybe it's, glute activation every single day for that player because he has hamstrings issues. So details are important. I just think we have to focus on which details are important for that player or my team. Second phase, compete. I think if we have done a good job training and preparing the athletes, this phase is for them unless we are the head coach and we need to run the game and do the changes or strategic things, the phase of competition is for the players. And to me, if we have done a good job, it's gonna be way more about the mind than uh, the body. Because if we have done our job, uh, they should be ready for this. So 
in the competition phase, I think we have to put all the resources that can help them to be mentally strong, focus, deal with frustrations, and be the best version of themselves. Uh, so this is very quick uh, slide for me. This is about the players and how we have prepared them, and then let them do it. It's, they should feel prepared. I think sometimes we tend to be important in their lives so they don't have autonomy. Uh, so I like to flip that and, okay, you're, you're prepared and support them from, more from a mental aspect than uh, physiological aspects. Recover. Um, this is one of the, th I love recovery. Like the last few years I've, I've been talking more about recovery than anything else because it's becoming super important. I don't know, I don't know which sport you are at, but it's in, in Spain and in the US, the schedule is becoming crazy. We don't even have time to practice. It's game, you, you fly, you get to the hotel, you, you play, you fly. It's, it's all about recovery and game preparation. And still I see like the copy-paste situation with recovery. Uh, this team has cryotherapy. Let's everybody have cryotherapy. Well, we don't have even evidence that it's working well. Um, so, in recovery, I just wanted to say, uh, let's, stay, let's still keep learning and, again, what that player needs for recovery. Um, it's not that I see in Twitter, like, everybody's doing cold taps, and that's fine, but maybe not everybody needs a cold tap after training, depending on the face, depending on the feeling. So recovery to me is, has to be very individualized, depending on the physiological, uh, mental and well-being needs for the player in that moment. Um, usually this is a one-hour talk, so I, I just wanted to give some ideas like don't do the copy-paste and focus on what that player needs in that moment. I know it's hard, we don't have time, it's a lot of work, but that's my advice for you. And another thing that I really like about recovery, it's not a strategy that we do post-practice or post-game. Massage or Normatec or you get in the call tap. I see recovery as something that happens during the whole day. And that, that goes back again to this is a lifestyle, how, how you go through your day to prepare yourself. Um, for example, when I talk to my players about the sleep and the sleep routine, I start with what do you do first thing in the morning? Because what you do first thing in the morning is gonna affect immensely your night. Because the sooner you get exposed to sunlight, uh, the sooner you're gonna start releasing cortisol. And then all the mechanisms for your um, circadian rhythm. So the idea of this is everything you do through the day is gonna help you to recover, that you have a good breakfast, that you are taking your, the supplements that you need before, during, and post-practice. Uh, what do you eat? And we go through the day with my athletes and we put things that works for them in, in their life, in their lifestyle, uh, according to the training, the game, etc. But again, this idea is individualized and recovery is not something that you do post-practice or post-training. Uh, it's a continuum in your day. Repeat. Uh, here is where I like to reflect on, okay, before we go back to training, let's reflect on what we're doing, 
what would we change? What can we do better? And one of the first things is, okay, how are we doing things? If we are in the organizational uh, side of the slide, reflect on how the staff is doing. Recheck the values, recheck that DNA, the culture. Are we putting the resources for the players? Um, so a review of the organization. And then the other side of the slide is for the athlete or ourselves. Um, people remember when I said, okay, where are you at? What, what is your goal? How do we get there? And I've heard so much and I read a lot about motivation and how we can motivate our players and kept, keep our uh, players motivated. And I tell them many, many times, this is not about motivation. Intrinsic or external motivation and all these things. It's about discipline, but for us too. Uh, sometimes we don't want to show up, sometimes we're lazy, sometimes we're tired, sometimes we just don't want to go. And we have to show up. They have to show up and we have to show up. So that's a kind of another mantra for me. Even if you don't want to do something, if it's good for you, you have to, you have to show up. So leading by example um, is something that I really uh, believe in. So discipline, commitment, and look for the drivers that for yourself and for your athletes uh, helps you to get to the next level. And innovation, I, that's another of my talks, innovation and technology. And it's another process that I think we have to review constantly before we go back to the train, training. Um, and it has been, it's being said that the future of technology in all this, like medicine, uh, different areas, um, it's gonna be about screening, assessing, tracking, organizing all the data that is available today, analyze the data, and sharing. So these are the big clusters for uh, technology in the future and today. And it has a, a lot of relationship with what we do because we have more technology, more data available. Uh, we, we need now data scientists in our stuff, which didn't happen five years ago. So this is important, again, to review how are our processes, frameworks for work, how are we getting the information, analyzing the information. Um, I, everybody that is related with sports science knows this is happening and more and more papers, books. Um, so this is another phase of the process that I like to constantly review. Uh, obviously based on, that's the figure that I have always for uh, the scientific method. Uh, having an idea, hypothesis, test it, um, and recheck. But at the end of the day, one of the things that I find with data, when I talk or what, about data and information, sports science, is um, at the end of the day, data has to become information. The sick, like having data for the sake of having data is not useful. And I've seen this with many, many colleagues. We the moment you have a GPS and a force plate and a Norbor, you have the data, you want to use it, you want to make decisions with that data. And, and it's not enough or sometimes it's not the key data. So any type of information that we have, we have to be aware that has to be useful. And I know you know this, but again, I, 
I know we know this, but I don't think we're applying it. Um, and then we have to, it has to be useful for actions. Like it, we, it, it needs to be um, actionable. I think today we have a lot of things, our, like a lot of tools to, to gather that data. Most of us, we have GPS or any type of tracking system, force plates, uh, more and more tracking systems for sleep um, or sleep trackers. What is the future for me? Uh, I think we went from we don't have almost any technology to a lot of technology and what is next for performance, which is uh, today's topic. Um, I think recovery is still gonna become uh, more and more important and uh, how we're gonna use some of the, of the tools. And then more and more techniques or tools like mindfulness, meditation, breathing techniques, um, but not only for, our, for the athletes, but ourselves. Uh, how are we gonna keep our mind focused, say no to the noise, um, and, and have a, our, take care of our well-being? Uh, so I think everything related to the soul, the mind, is we're gonna have to become experts or aware of this. Um, everything related with the gut, because all the information that is becoming available, uh, it's affecting most of the systems, uh, including our mood. Uh, and then little things like uh, salty water, uh, like some supplements are becoming a big time thing to help in performance. Uh, obviously, uh, smart, smart uh, clothes, things like that. I just wanted to put here, um, okay, where we are at in terms of technology and that we still need to be and keep being curious because again, we know what we know today, but things evolve so fast and um, just to stay, stay uh, alert to what science is saying and not only science, meaning uh, probably we don't have all the papers supporting breathing techniques, but if it's working and helping our players, it's something that I think we have at least to consider. And with that, uh, I finish. Thank you for your time and listening, and thank you.